you doing, listeners? This is Mike. And this is Ringo. Ringo, what are you doing here? <laughs> Ringo. It's getting I'm, crowded in here. I'm everywhere. Okay, Ringo. <laughs> of course, this is Jim. Uh, Jim. Yeah, Jim, you said that he might show up. Um, we're going to let him just watch, right? We're going to let him come in here. And yeah, I don't know how he, how he got in here, but he seems to be everywhere. Yeah. 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 Hey, um, but you know, he could be a connection with Paul. So, um, listeners, listeners, uh, welcome. Got a good show for you. Uh, really focusing today on new music and music news. So uh, Jim and I have got uh, a lot of stuff that's been happening lately, and we're hitting music hard here. Yeah, just some things we've been uh, observing, watching, and... Uh, yeah, so Jim, what are you drinking? I, I see something there. I got one of my favorite beers. Uh, it's a cranberry wheat. I love cranberry. Mm -hmm. It's from Workhorse yeah. Brewing Company. Mm -hmm. 16-ouncer. Very cool. Uh, okay. Go ahead and read my glass. Can you see my glass here? Guinness. Oh, well, there it is. There it is. There it is. What's it say? Guinness. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it's uh, it's cool, cool water. I'm drinking cool water from a Guinness. Oh, that's a sin. And where'd you get that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you recognize it, eh? Our friend Keith gave so, us So, um, oh, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, toast to Keith, then. Yeah, toast yeah. to Keith. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, listeners should know that uh, you and I usually uh, record in the studio, especially back again doing the interviews, uh, getting a lot of great interviews, and um, we're doing it remotely here to today. Yeah, it's a week. So, yeah. yeah. Had a long, mm -hmm. long day. Yeah. Just had enough time to have some soup, you know, like an old man. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I've got some uh, some music news here. You know Florence Welsh? That's Florence, uh, Florence, yeah, from Florence and Machine. Mm -hmm. uh, Florence Leotine Mary Welsh is her name. You're probably wondering what she's been doing lately. Florence and Machine, you know, they had a 2009 hit, uh, Dog Days Are Over, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So what she's been doing lately, she's been uh, writing the lyrics and co-writing the music for the stage musical, The Great Gatsby. Oh, okay. And she's in, uh, yeah, it's in conjunction with uh, Thomas Bartlett. And uh, so, yeah, she's been pretty active with that lately. Some other uh, writers that uh, some other rock and pop stars who are also writing musicals or have written musicals. Cindy Lauper, Sheryl Crow, John Mellonhead, Mellencamp, <laughs> uh, Sarah McLaughlin, <laughs> Dave Stewart, Tori Amos, Edie Brickell and Trey Anastasio from your favorite band, Fish. Mm -hmm. So these people are all they're all writing musicals, getting into that. So uh, huh. one uh, follow-up thing with Florence is uh, she's just celebrated seven years of sobriety. So shout out to her for mm -hmm. staying sober and yes. continuing with the writing. <clears throat> so that's cool. Yeah, music people have a, you know, a lot of time on their hands, downtime, you know, from not Especially touring. now, yeah. Mm -hmm. So they're, um, right. so what they do is they'll, if they're not, you know, when they're touring on their, on the road, it's hard to, you know, I guess be creative all the time, but now you have all the time in the world. Uh, one more thing here, uh, music news, uh, Lucinda Williams. Not everyone knows Lucinda Williams. She had a stroke and uh, she walks with a cane now and she has mm -hmm. not been able to play guitar. Wow. But uh, I remember hearing more about her when I would listen to Radio Down Virginia. But uh, yeah, she's hoping to make a full recovery and play guitar again. So uh, 
our thoughts go out to Lucinda Williams. One of my favorite shows is Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which I'm trying to Mm -hmm. get Mike to watch. Um, Yeah, yeah. So it's Jane uh, Levy. She's the lead. And her character can hear people's innermost thoughts, but in music. And it's not like uh, she's just hearing the song. Time stops. And it's almost like a flash mob. Yeah. Like if she's at work, all the people at work are, you know, dancing around and singing. The actors are actually singing their own vocals. So oh, it's sort cool. of. So time, time stops for her then, right? Yeah. And it's yeah, sort of like. Um, in her. <laughs> it's, it's similar to Glee, but in a different way. Right. But uh, I was very, um, well, not surprised, but they, they do. They mix in new songs you know, newer songs and older songs. So mm-hmm. every once in a while, I'm like, wow, that, that's a 60s song. That's a 70s song. A couple of weeks ago, they sang One by Three Dog Night. Oh. So that was kind of cool. Oh, that one. I was yeah. thinking it was U2's One. Yeah, okay. Yeah, One is yeah, the One is the Loneliest Number. number. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. So I got a couple of things. I, I've, I've noticed there's a lot of songs they're using in commercials, which they've always used, but I'm noticing mm-hmm. it more and more. I don't know why people are selling their songs to commercials. Uh, one yeah. I'm really tired of is uh, the Pet Shop Boys. Opportunity. Oh, right, right. The car commercial. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. seems to be on every 15 minutes. Yeah. Luckily, we can fast forward it. Uh, but in the last couple of months, I've noticed. Uh, George, now, is that uh, yeah, Jim? Is that because you dislike the Pet Shop Boys, or is that because it shouldn't be used in that way? What do you? I mean, what's your? What are your feeling? I, what are you feeling with the Pet Shop Boys? I didn't realize how much I really don't like that song. Okay. You know, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a song I can't. Once I hear it a couple of times, I don't want to hear it again. Let's let's make lots of money. Yeah. Yeah, I like. I got the looks. You got the brains. Let's make. I like a couple of their songs, but also um, a couple months ago, "Joy to the World," uh, Three Dog Night song was used in a car commercial. Very recently, uh, there was a Coors commercial that came on, and someone Mm -hmm. else that we interviewed, Marcy uh, Levy, she did a song in the seventies with a guy named Johnny Lee called "Looking for Love," Mm -hmm. and that's in the Coors commercial. Also made famous by um, Buckwheat on SNL. When he did his best of album. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering if the Pet Shop Boys, they got one lump sum or if they get if they get paid, if they get paid every time this commercial airs they're I think they're making more money than they made when they were making albums, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> when I when I see the Pet Shop Boys, the when I see the commercial that uses the Pet Shop Boys song, it doesn't bother me as much as, um, can I mention a brand name of, of a, a prescription drug on, on podcast, I guess? Sure. Uh, Otesla. Okay. Yeah, Otesla. No, mm-hmm. no, I, Ozantic. No, it's Ozantic. <laughs> Have you seen Ozantic. that one? No, it's the most annoying. Oh, 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 Zantic. Ozantic. Yeah, yeah, it's, okay. yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. I have to hit mute every time. Yeah, it's worse than hearing because they butcher the song and mm-hmm. and the Pet Shop Boys, you know, is actually the Pet Shop Boys song. But uh, well, that's another thing. If, if you hear the actual song, I think it's it's better than uh, if they take a song and they change it. It actually ruins it like uh, Rocket. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Rocket. They took Rocket <laughs> Man. So, you know, if you're listening to an Elton John, I've never heard. 
No, so if you're hear, listening yeah. to an Elton John album and that Rocket Man comes on, you're you're gonna think of the commercial now. You're not gonna Rocket think of the song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> hey, speaking of money, um, I uh I heard a band that that you love, you got you you and your uh, significant other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just sold their publishing rights oh, yes. for 140 million dollars. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna talk about that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, my wife is kind of She's not sure why. I mean, I, I'm sure why. Because she's mm-hmm. like, Anthony Kiedis is worth $500 million. I don't know if that's true. Yeah. We didn't mention that. It was the Red Hot Chili Peppers, right? Yeah, the Red, Red Hot, Hot Chili, Chili Peppers. Peppers. Uh, $140 million. So, yeah, you say Anthony Kiedis is worth how much? $500 million. I was wondering, um, do they split that with, they had different guitarists, different people in the band. Dave Navarro. Right, right. Josh mm-hmm. Klinghoffer and John Frusciante was another guitarist. I think he's back with the band. Where does Dave I think Navarro it would go fit wherever in there? Credits, yeah, right? it would go wherever credits are due. You know, wherever there's credits mm-hmm. on the on that album, on that song. You know, that's it would go that. And, and is there taxes? Is it a, you know, is it thirty million dollars in taxes or oh, something? Yeah. You know, when you make that kind of exchange, yeah. um, I wonder what kind of loss is there. But it wasn't long ago, uh, wasn't it just a couple months ago we heard about Bob Dylan? Mm-hmm. I think it was, yeah, just recently. Um, yeah, so, think- you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't blame them, you know, for, for that. Uh, you know, I'd like to have just one of the 140. Um, that would be nice. But, yeah, so I don't blame them for taking some money. You know, they worked hard for it and everything. It's just really strange, you know, to, to be listening to music and knowing you know oh they don't own it anymore it's them yeah. they're singing but it's not theirs anymore yeah yeah are they giving strange. up i guess they're giving up all rights to these songs you know where if they're played rights and for use and money yeah. yeah and so you're going to start uh hearing red hot chili pepper songs in commercials because this is what happens right say they sell them to the record company or some big mm-hmm. cor- corporation mm-hmm. they're looking mm-hmm. to make more money from the, they just paid oh, yeah. 140 million. They're looking to get their money mm-hmm. back too, mm-hmm. because right now artists aren't getting a lot of money. We we've mentioned this before, mm-hmm. you know, as far as um, with the streaming services, mm-hmm. people aren't buying as much. Mm-hmm. You know, when a new album comes out, I don't think they're right, right. buying uh, CDs and as much as they used to. So in a little bit, just 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 minutes away, we're going to get into uh, some of that with uh, NFTs. We're going to learn about NFTs. Yeah, you told <laughs> I'm going to ask you, I have no idea. I'm going to ask you. <laughs> I'm going to ask you about NFTs, but that's that's a little bit later here. So yeah, I'm just thinking. You know, it it wouldn't be for any kind of, uh, you know, high price thing. You know, if you you know if if Anthony's singing, give it away, give it away, give it away. You know, unless yeah. it's some sort of giveaway. You know, I. I <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's more like, you know, starting a company and the company starts to become really big and then selling, yeah, selling the company, just kind of bailing out, but getting a lump mm-hmm. sum. So that's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is more personal, I think. I mean, I know starting a company that's kind of personal. If you created an idea or, you know, a system, something like that. Right. Songs are personal. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of, but you know, but you know, a business like, let's say, you know, you invented a computer in 1980 and sold it 
for a couple billion in 87 or 90 or whatever, you know, people can take it and run with it. They take it, they mm-hmm. improve it, they run with it. It's not the case, you know, people aren't like, yeah. oh, you know, we're going to work over these chili pepper songs, you know, yeah. <laughs> now that we have the rights to them. Yeah. yeah. So they're not building on anything. Uh, so if I, you know, I've had a great creation of the build, uh, business, you know, I take a billion dollars for it and, and, and people will move on and keep creating, you know, something great. Well, can Computer's they take an example of that? Can they take these songs and rework them? I don't know. I Re- remixes. Would you? Yeah. Take like Bob Dylan's song <laughs> and turn it into a dance song. Yeah. 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 You're going, you go to a rave and you're going to hear Bob Dylan. Yeah. 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 What would it? Changing. Okay. So moving on. That, that's a good question. We're, yeah. That's a good question. We're going to figure that out later. If, yeah. if people who, who buy the rights, the publishing rights, do they have the ability to alter the artwork? Yeah, and reissue like a new mm-hmm. album or new vinyl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I got something else here. Remember the man with two brains? Mm-hmm. Yes, Steve Martin. Yeah, it's not music. Yeah, yeah, and uh, his girlfriend's name was. Uh, it was Miss Melmahay. Yeah, Miss Melmahay. So anyway, that reminded me of of someone you spoke of recently, Imelda May. Yes. The Irish. Yeah, yeah. So I was just reading about Irish rockabilly singer, 46 years old, Imelda May. The the news is the Rolling Stones guitarist Ronnie Wood plays on her latest album. Uh, Jim, Uh, maybe you know her album already. It's 11 Past the Hour. Yes, I've listened to a couple songs off of it. Okay, very cool. Very cool. Uh, Encourage our listeners to give it a listen. Uh, She's got a unique voice. There's a video of her father, Tony. Uh, asking people to uh, quote buy her new album, she's worth <laughs> number. She's well worth number one. He says nice. um, it's a great little video. Her dad mm-hmm. is there. He's an old Irish man with his hat on and his <laughs> cap. And um, I could just listen to you know the Irish mm-hmm. accent all day. And it's just um, it's pretty cool. And she had a connection to someone we interviewed. Jittery yeah. Jack. So yeah, Jittery Jack uh, was playing. Did an album. Was playing with. Uh, I think it's David Higgum. Yeah, that was David her ex-husband. Higgum, does that sound about right? Yeah, it was her yeah, husband at the time, ex-husband. I think. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, listeners can go back and listen to uh, to Higgum's friend there, Jittery Jack, uh, we interviewed months ago. So check out the Jittery Jack Rockabilly. You know, if you don't know rockabilly, you know, because we're no rockabilly experts here, you know, go back and, and just get a feel for it. See if it's a, a style that you like and something you mm-hmm. can get into. So that's uh, Imelda May putting out uh, the new album here. I have something on an old band that we both love. Maybe we still do. Genesis. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah, Gen- yeah. Genesis is returning to the U.S. for the last domino with a question mark tour <laughs> and their first in 14 years wow. and i i remember when genesis regrouped and was touring and time just flies because i didn't think it was 14 years ago yeah um, yeah so it's phil collins tony banks and mike rutherford mm-hmm. and it will kick off in chicago on november 15th They'll also visit washington dc charlotte montreal a whole bunch of places mm-hmm. philly and it wraps up on December 15th. 
So I'm looking here at one month, uh-huh. one month, one month. That's it. Yeah. Just one. Yeah. One month. So they're sort of doing what Cat Stevens did. Cat Stevens hadn't toured in 30 some years in the US. Wow. And he decided to do like eight shows, which I was fortunate enough to see one of those. I don't know how we got tickets, but it was in Philadelphia. Very cool. Uh, mm-hmm. So they're doing a short tour. So tickets go on sale May 7th. So probably when you're listening to this, they already went on sale. Good luck <laughs> getting mm-hmm. tickets. My business partner looked up tickets, uh, what the prices were, and they're just uh, outrageous. Like a lot of concerts. Oh, for for, for Genesis. Genesis. Yeah. They're like yeah. $350 for a regular. I think it's a regular ticket. Wow. Like, like wow. that might be the lowest price ticket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so much. Uh, some more music news. Uh, this is not musicians, but it's those who uh, write and produce. Uh, Tommy West passed away at the age of 78 uh, in Morristown, New Jersey. He was a producer for Jim Croce. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, him and Jim Croce met when they were roommates at Villanova College back in 1961. Um, Jim Croce, uh, of course, did Bad Badly Roy Brown and Time in a Bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, time in a bottle that song that makes you want to cry when you hear it you know yeah good tears but yeah anyway but I this is jim interesting Crunchy. so yeah yeah i know you i know you do jim jim loves jim yeah but tommy west uh also not just producing uh, and some other uh people he produced but also wrote songs for the partridge family oh, he, those songs are written by this man tommy wow. west yeah so another person uh, who passed away uh, not not long ago, 91 years old, Al Schmidt. I did not know Albert Harry Schmidt, born in 1930, 91 years old. He has 21 Grammys. The man's got 21 Grammys wow. for production and engineering, and I didn't know him. Let's see here. He uh, <clears throat> gets a who in a second. It's a long list of who's who. I'm not even going to mention them all. But uh, the man grew up in New York City. He lived in Brooklyn in the 1940s. He bought his first 78, and that's it says he bought his first 78 at the age of 10. So mm-hmm. our listeners, uh, if they are audiophiles, if they love music, they will know that a 78 came uh, before the 45s and 33s. Yeah, it's just uh, just amazing. He would spend time at his uncle's recording studio, uh, Harry Smith. Uh, he changed his name from Schmidt to Smith, but he would hang out with uh, his uncle Harry. and. He'd go there and Smith, Smith was hanging out with Les Paul. So he goes to the studio okay. and there's Les Paul. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, who created the, the electric guitar. And uh, he's just like another uncle to, uh, to Al. So he had Uncle, uncle Harry and then Les Paul hanging out with him. He, uh, the year I was born, and you have to guess when that was, mm-hmm. uh, Schmidt left RCA and became an independent producer. He produced Jefferson Airplane, Jackson Brown, Neil Young, and we have to mention Dr. John. He did engineering. That was producing. He did engineering for Frank Sinatra, duet albums, Ray Charles, uh, two albums, and Diana Krall albums. Hmm. Um, he also, yeah, did, did uh, worked with Bob Dylan uh, on The Shadows in the Night. So, you know, we have to mention, <clears throat> got to mention the Bob Dylan in that part there. So, yeah, 21 Grammys. Uh, Jim, what really caught my ear when I was uh, hearing this was uh, that he produced, he engineered the Asia album 
by Steely Dan and FM, no static at all. And I thought Mm -hmm. that was pretty cool. Yeah. And then, and then finally for this piece, he, again, he's, he passed away at 91, but back in 2012 and 2013, he engineered and assisted engineering uh, Paul McCartney's album, Kisses on the Bottom and Live Kisses. Paul McCartney. So that's so some he, good stuff there. With the, so he kind of grew up. remember Al Schmidt. So he kind of grew up in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're hanging out with your Uncle Harry, who's a producer, engineer, mm-hmm. and Les Paul, yeah, you're going to have a lot of a lot of great influence. Yeah. Well, it's sort of like yeah, Jerry Wexler, awesome. Jerry Wexler's son, Paul, Paul Wexler, mm-hmm. Jerry Wexler. Um, he discovered Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin. So I'm sure um, mm-hmm. Paul was there at the record company or studio with his dad when he was young and and sort of had an in. Yeah. And, you know, you're an apprentice. You're seeing it happen. You know, there's mm-hmm. nothing like seeing and hearing the, the music production happen. And you have a natural ear for it. So I watched a couple music movies um, recently. Actually, okay. one I watched this weekend and one, I think, the week before. And this, is, mm-hmm. this one is a documentary, which possibly we could do a whole podcast on. So I'll be brief. But So people should check out. It's called Searching for Sugarman. Sugarman. Maybe it's Sugarman. Sugarman. And it's about a guy named Sixto, S-I-X-T-O, Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. He goes by the name Rodriguez. Yes. I was just reading, I was just reading about Sixto. I was just okay. reading and I gotta find it here. But yeah, I, I was reading about that. Is this yeah. no way, that's not Milo. That's Milo's somebody else, right? He's yeah. not Milo, is he? No. Okay, go ahead. Sixto Rodriguez. But I have a friend, Ken, who's been telling me about this movie. I think it came out a couple of years ago, but the thing was, it was hard to find because it's a documentary and, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't want to buy it. And I just found it online for free to watch. Imagine um, this guy, Rodriguez. Okay. He goes in the recording studio. He's, he's from uh, Detroit, that area. And this is the late sixties. He records two albums that absolutely do like nothing. Like they interviewed mm-hmm. one guy, the, the guy that produced the album, and he asked how many albums they sold. And he said, I think we sold six, right? <laughs> so you go in, you record, right? And these songs are great. The one song, um, I wish I could remember right now, but the one song could be, the one song I listened to could be a hit. It, you, you could think that this would be a hit in the 60s. It's very... Right. Um, very it's not poppy but it's very uh consumer like like you listen to the song and you can't get it out of your head it's like catchy you know mm-hmm. the records do nothing he goes on with his life construction whatever he, he raises a family well in the meantime in south africa someone gets a hold of his albums and they bootleg them some record company starts putting out these albums and there's a revolution going on. These songs are big. Kids are growing up listening to Rodriguez. They love Rodriguez. Yeah. Rodriguez is bigger than Elvis, <laughs> right? Yeah. Rodriguez doesn't know this this whole time. We're talking um, 30 years, 35 years later. Wow. So this whole documentary is trying to track him down. They don't know if he's still alive because there's rumors that he killed himself 
that he had a drug overdose, mm-hmm. and he could never tour South Af- Africa anyway. So he's never been there. So anyway, I'll, I'll let it at that. And I, yeah, yeah, like I said, cool. maybe we can get into it more in another podcast. So that was one that I watched. I real, you know, like I said, uh, Ken, my friend Ken told me I need to watch it, and I finally watched it, and I'll probably watch it again. The yeah. other one is the United <laughs> States versus Billy Holiday, uh, which is a fairly new mm-hmm. movie. I think it came out last year. So uh, Aud- Audrey Day plays Billy Holiday, and what makes it incredible is that all the songs in the movie is it's her singing. And she sounds exactly like Billie Holiday. And so cool. And it's about, believe it or not, the United States going after her or the Federal Bureau of Nar- Narcotics. I don't know what the actual mm-hmm. organization is. Acronym. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but going after her, especially over this one song that she would sing at the end of her show. And it was so controversial. I- I did read about yeah. this. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. What's it called? What's the strange, name of that song? Strange Fruit. Uh, it was from a yeah. poem called Bitter Fruit that she took it from. And mm-hmm. it's, about, uh, it's about the lynchings of um, black people. It's pretty uh, intense. You know, even when she sang it at the end of her shows, they would turn, you know, all the lights down and you just see her face singing. So... But I think in Philadelphia, she when she sang the song, the police came in and uh, dragged her off stage and arrested her. And then they were trying to get her for drugs and just kind of. I mean, the drug part, she was kind of ruining her own life with an alcohol. They made it worse, mm-hmm. a little bit worse. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So that movie is pretty good. So check that out. Uh, United States versus Billy Holiday. So, Jim. Uh, do you know what F- NFTs are? <laughs> <laughs> no, NFT. It's um, it the NFTs are non fungible tokens. Okay, it's the latest kind of cryptocurrency. There mm-hmm. are some cryptocurrencies that uh, Bitcoin is the probably the first and most well known, and then there's a couple more. Well, there's probably more than a couple more non fungible tokens. NFTs are unique in that they're a type of cryptocurrency but they can't they're non-fungible because they can't be exchanged for other nfts like bitcoins you could change mm-hmm. trade or sell something and get back you know if you have uh, 10 bitcoins you can get 10 bitcoins so uh the art world is in music and visual arts it's just taking this uh and and using it to to fund themselves uh christie's auction house this mm-hmm. is just uh, two months ago. Christie's Auction House sold the first ever NFT artwork, a collage of images by the digital artist Beeple. Mm-hmm. Somebody paid $69.3 million. Okay. <laughs> now, I'm not exactly sure how it works. It's, it's art. It's used for arts and collectibles and now music, and I'll get to that in a moment. But it has to be one of a kind, verifiable assets. Other things like Jack Jack Dorsey's first tweet is now bidding for two point five million. Okay, so I, yeah, I, I have heard, a question. You know, who are these? No, I've I heard some. I don't know what it was, but it was something to that effect, like a tweet that people were buying. Yeah, so it's ridiculous. digital. It's right. It's artwork or something that is unique. But you know, you still 
who's going to pay 69 million or even a million for, uh, you know, a digital artwork. And so it's possible, uh, it's possible that these things are digital only or virtual. Okay. So you have Mm -hmm. a virtual artwork that you just paid 69 million for, but getting back to how it works, you know, um, it says here in an article I'm reading, it says here, think of Pokemon cards or rare coins. And, you know, I used to collect Mm -hmm. coins when I was young and that makes sense because you have, let's say you have a, a large sense, you know, it's worth one penny, right? But it's a, it's an 1819 and it's in good shape, right? Well, it's Mm -hmm. worth, you know, $200. Okay, so it's so really worth it's worth, you know, what people will pay for it. Right. Just like an artwork or music. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's actually worth one penny. You know, it's it's one Mm -hmm. cent uh, made in 1819. But right now it's worth two hundred dollars. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of like that. You got something that's unique and that is a coin, even though it can be mass produced. It's that coin. It's really interesting. Ethereum and Bitcoin are the top are the leading ones. But why I mention this is. Uh, Kings of Leon, they, uh, do you know the band? You've heard of them? Mm -hmm. They have generated $2 million uh, from NFT sales of their new album. Uh, (laughs) The new album is called, let's see, I got it here somewhere. No, there it is. The latest latest one is When You See Yourself. When You See Yourself. Um, So this is one of the first major records to be released as a collection of NFTs. Wow. So they've got 200 million generated from that. It's uh, oh, and then they donated five hundred thousand dollars to Live Nation's Crew Nation Fund. And this is to support live music during the coronavirus pandemic. So um, it's very good. Cause. So, you know, there's still yeah. something. Yeah. But there's still some things to be answered, you know, with the 69 million sale of a, of a digital artwork and and the 200,000, 200K, it wasn't 200K, it was 2 million, excuse me, the 2 million that Kings of Leon uh, has profited through NFTs. I'm just not sure how and when it's converted to, say, U.S. dollars or a currency that mm-hmm. we deal with. But I guess that's how you do it through uh through the what is the name here let's see so what is the band selling though oh so the band yeah so so the band is selling digital but this is even more confusing jim uh i understand to some point the digital which is all virtual you can't hold it in your hand the digital uh collections the digital artworks but they're also uh it says here with each unique token exclusive album artwork and limited edition golden eye vinyl. Now you're into vinyl. What does golden mm-hmm. eye mean? I don't, I don't know. know. I haven't heard that. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's if it's a, you know, what is you know golden eye vinyl? So maybe our listeners uh, know a little bit more about this. Uh, if you're in the know, you know, you could uh, contact Jim and Mike Talk Music and let us know. But you know, this is really uh, it's amazing the money that's to be generated uh, through this. I'm and just, it's a it's a good outlet, you know. It's yeah, it's working for Kings of Leon. I'm just confused what they're selling. Actually, they're selling artwork, digital artwork that you own. Yeah, Kings of Leon is is selling their albums. They're selling the album. When you see yourself, they're selling you know digital. But it would have to be each person that buys it would have to have one like a unique thing. 
one thing. Yeah, I don't know how it's unique. It's yeah, not like because they're saying a, it has to be stuff that's unique. It's not like selling an album where you're selling the same album. You know, you're selling over and over. Right. What's What's unique about each yeah. one? Because it's, yeah. it's it's saying it's unique, and we know that when you buy mass-produced albums, uh, however it might be virtual or or in your hands, it's not going to be unique. So so we're going to learn more about NFTs in the future. We're going to hear more about those. I have some research. Uh, you know, I don't want to get in trouble here, but I have done some research and one person called, you know, even the cryptocurrency and uh, specifically uh, Bitcoin to be, you know, a, quote, a Ponzi scheme out in the open, end quote. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, I wonder, uh, wonder how it's going to go with all those investing in Bitcoins. We'll find out, yeah. won't we? Well, yeah, if it just falls, <laughs> falls apart and then, because I see people posting on Facebook, uh, what they bought, how much they spent, and how much it's worth. But, you know, even with right. the stock market, it's just a piece of paper. Yeah. You could have so much one day and then the next day you could hardly have anything. Mm -hmm. And it's just in theory. I mean, it's actual tangible mm -hmm. money that you that you put into the money market to grow. Mm -hmm. But until right. you're able to start taking it out <laughs> without getting penalized. Yeah. It, it's nothing. Yeah. You you yeah. have nothing in your pocket. Yeah. All right. So Jim, I've got uh, another new artist, new to me, uh, Paula Fuga. Have you heard of her? No, no. Paula Fuga. Paula Hiltrudis. Hiltrudis. <laughs> Paula Hiltrudis Fuga. Uh, she's a Hawaiian singer and songwriter. And um, she's performed with artists such as Jack Johnson, Ben Harper, Ziggy Marley, and Damian Marley. And she was orphaned as a child and was taken in by her grandparents. And she learned to have a passion for music. She, uh, she did appear on American Idol in 2003 mm -hmm. and was not successful. She also then later uh, joined a band right after that, a reggae band named Dub Conscious. But uh, I do mention her because she's got, um, let's see, she's got a new single out on April 16th. She released If Ever. And it featured Jack Johnson and Ben Harper. Mm -hmm. And that is a uh, that's a single for her new upcoming album called Rain on Sunday. She's also has sang vocals on tracks uh, with Jack Johnson. I know and Jack featured Johnson. on the live. Yeah. And, you know, Jack, uh, let's see. Did we see him? I'm trying to think I... if we saw Jack Johnson in Hershey, I think. We might Can't remember. So she sang on uh, Jack Johnson's live version of Better Together. So if you hear a, a woman singing with Jack on Better Together, that's her. Yeah, it's I listened to it. It's uh, If Ever is the new single. And it's got a reggae feel, obviously. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very flowing reggae feel. It's, you know, she is Hawaiian. Yeah. So you have to consider who's involved there on the album. And she's uh, she's got a great voice. She also plays uh, some instruments as well, but uh, mostly she's she's known for her voice. Well, so that's Paula Fuga. Okay, I love Ben Harper, and I and I've been wondering yeah. what is going on with Ben Harper. You know, I could go online and and look him up. Yeah, but yeah. I actually have a live DVD I mean, of of his, and I I, mm -hmm. I like his voice just like uh, Amos Lee. You know, I'm mm -hmm. not trying to put him in the same category, but they're kind of. You know, yeah, guitar, just mm -hmm. guitar. Yeah, I remember. Voice. I remember having Ben Harper on a couple of uh, way back when we were doing CD mixes. You know, 
from mm-hmm. the from the cassette tape mix to the CD mix. Uh, and Ben was on a couple of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can't remember those songs, but uh, seems to me that was around the year 2000. He kind of 2003, something like that. He kind of sounds to me his voice like Cat Stevens. Like not mm-hmm. exactly, but he has yeah. kind of that sound. I have two new artists, but before I get into that, I have I have some. Uh, it's not really trivia, but it's uh, it's kind of I don't know what I'm going to call it. Yeah, yeah. Music mm-hmm. facts, okay. So it's, yeah, music facts. So are they yeah. in the form of a question? But no, the tri- trivial no, facts. No. Huh? The first you one. Test on... my knowledge, Jim. <laughs> no, this is these are actually facts on ones on a song. Okay, go ahead. Anyway, you'll see. First one is, I know one of your favorite artists, I, th- I think you've seen him like 40 times, Mr. Eddie Money. <laughs> um, Two tickets. Two tickets yeah. to paradise, baby. Shaken. She was shaken. So I don't know if you know. Oh, well, that was, that, was 40, that was 40 times that night. Yeah, yeah. you heard that shaken. song. We'll tell that yeah, story the next, someday yeah. about Eddie Money <laughs> and the jukebox. Yes. So um, do you know the song Walk on Water? If I could walk. Yes. Eddie Money's If I Could Walk. Yes. Okay. So do you know that there's there's parts in there where they're just going, na, 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 na. Right? Okay. Says few people know the real reason for this famous musical sound. Eddie Money actually hated the na, na, na sounds. And stated that all now they're only in they're really only in the beginning and the end of the song. Okay, there might be a couple okay. nanas in there and in, in, in mm-hmm. between, but the real reason he stated that all those nas were meant to be a horn, and the horn player never showed up, and however they had to go on with the nas, yeah. And I could have done a little research and figured out who this horn player was. Maybe I wouldn't have figured yeah. it out, but yeah, the horn player never showed mm-hmm. up. Can you imagine this this guy? Maybe maybe he wasn't on anything else famous, and he could have been on yeah. this song, "Walk on Water." Yeah, yeah. Now my next one is Janis Joplin. Her last recording, the mm-hmm. last recordings uh, that she completed. Well, the last recordings were Mercedes Benz, but the last mm-hmm. recording is a birthday greeting for John Lennon. It was on October first. Wow. Yeah, October first, nineteen seventy. Joplin recorded the old Dale Evans cowboy tune "Happy Trails" for the former Beatle, which is sort of spooky given the lyrics are "Happy Trails to you till we meet again." <laughs> right? Yeah. Wow. Uh, the tune was titled "Happy Birthday, John." Happy Trails, and it was released on her box set uh, in nineteen ninety three. John Lennon told uh, talk show host Dick Cavett that her taped greeting arrived at his home after her passing. So that's a little uh, wow. little trivia there. So our last recording was to John Lennon. So, hmm. okay. Now on happier note, happy trails. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's two new artists. They have nothing to do with each other, of course. Not and yet. This one makes me a little sad because this girl, she goes by the name of Jordy, J-O-R-D-I. Her real name's Jordan Radnati, and she is 17 years old. Mm-hmm. She recorded this song um, this year. It's called Escape Route. And what makes me sad is that she only has two singles out, and I'm hoping that she does put out an album. 
because I love this song. And again, I know I mentioned it before, but it has kind of that maybe early 90s, like uh, Breeders. It, it's that sound that, you know, girl vocalist, mm-hmm. like kind of chunky guitar, you know, just her influences uh, she names uh, are Nirvana, the White Stripes, the Beatles, Arctic Monkeys. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool for a 17-year-old. You know, she's into the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. And they also compare her. And this is how I... Well, actually, there is a connection here because um, they compared her to two artists and one I had never heard of before. That's the next one I'm going to be talking about. Uh, Soccer Mommy, yeah. of course, we talked about. And Yeah, yeah. In our, you, in our you'll top get a, 50 of 2020. And you'll get a kick out of this because on NPR, there's a, a woman by the name of Cherry Glazer. Have you heard of her? NPR. Yeah. She's she's an NPR personality. Well, the band's oh, name wow. is the band's name is Cherry Glazer, but it's spelled differently. Uh, it's G L A Z E R R. So they compare Jordy with those two bands. So the next band I'm going to talk mm-hmm. about is Cherry Glazer, the girl that started uh, the band. Her name is Clementine Crevy and she originated her band uh, solo project as a 15-year-old uh, with the name Clem Butt. <laughs> Clem, Clem, Clem Butt. Butt? Yeah. C-L-E-M. That was, that was probably her nick. Yeah, right. Her name's Clementine. That was probably her nickname in high school or even middle school, right? Clem Butt. Maybe. Yeah. So she okay. started uploading songs to SoundCloud in 2012, and the tracks were discovered by Burger Records co-founder Sean Borman. Uh, who released them as a tape titled Papa Kremp in 2013. So that was the first album by by Cherry Glazer. So in 2013, she was joined by her high school friends, uh, Hannah Uribe and Sophia Muller, on drums and vocals, respectively. They released their second album, and I love this name, Apocalyptic. 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 Yeah. Apocalyptic. So that was 2017. They have since released another album. That was 2019. That's another band to check out. And believe it or not, they kind of, I listened to the last two albums. Kind of has that Pixies, Pixies sound. I mean, that, which mm-hmm. is hard to duplicate. Yeah. Uh, if anyone out there knows mm-hmm. the Pixies, they were uh, yeah. 90s band. So check out Cherry Yeah, real Blazer. hard edge. So check out Jordy. Like I said, she only has two songs out, but check out Escape Route. It's a really good song. And Cherry Glazer. So uh, those are my two. Sounds good. And also Sounds check good. out Eddie Money. Yeah, so, maybe. <laughs> I, I like that. Uh, the na 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 na. Yeah, that 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 was a horn. That was supposed to be a horn part. I never knew. But even listening to it, I I I can't I can't picture the horn because of the na na nas. I like. Yeah, yeah, something maybe a little smooth, smoother than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, not a kazoo. But yeah. yeah, I want to talk about the new album releases uh, coming out. Uh, mm-hmm. Now these are for May seventh, twenty twenty one. We got Nancy Wilson. I don't know if you remember her. Wow. <laughs> yeah, doing it after all these decades. Yeah. Yeah, wow. she. She um, was in the band Heart, still is, with her sister, and mm-hmm. uh, she was just interviewed on Mark Marin, uh, which I love, but she has her first solo album. Uh, she's never done an album on her own, but oh, there are other musicians. Okay. 
on the album. Um, it's called You and mm-hmm. Me. We've got the Mighty Mighty Boston's. Uh, oh, wow. With When God Was Great. Although there's a typo here. It says When God Was Great. When God Was Great. But it's actually called When God Was Great. Van Morrison has a new album. Uh, and it's called Latest Record Project Volume 1. <laughs> so that's a little, 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 but very descriptive. Very descriptive. Yeah. Wow, it sounds like you're. It sounds like you're reading something from three decades ago, and uh, 2021. These people are still doing it after all these years. Oh, we'll get some more. Yeah, and then uh, we got Weezer, who put, seems to put out an album every six months because they just put out. They just put out an album, I think, in January. And this one long I, ago, Weezer, yeah. And this has a simple title, but I love it. It's called Van Weezer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I know. I've heard about this one. Yeah. Yeah. Van Weezer. You know, Weezer. I got to talk about Weezer. Um, I got turned on to Weezer a little uh, later than other people because, you know, I just didn't think they were that great. Yeah. You can't knock the hustle, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. they they when they play that song by Toto, I can't tell if it's Toto or not. I mean, it sounds it, it's just amazing the way yeah. they can the way they can read to two other artists oh songs. africa it's better than yeah well, the, it's better than it's better than most i love weezer but i somehow love the most there it's called the teal album and it's all cover songs mm-hmm. and that's africa's on yeah, there which they do great that's my point yeah they do yeah. It so well they do aha um take on me mm-hmm. The whole, okay. I'll listen to that whole album over and over. It's great. I got to check out that. And that, that album is the Teal. Yeah, Teal, the Teal album. Uh, okay, so May 14th, we got Juliana Hatfield. She's a 90s artist who I love. Uh, mm-hmm. Simply called Blood. We got Paul Weller. Yeah. Paul Weller. He's talking was about from the Style Council? No, he was the in the jam. Council. Yeah, I think he was in the Style the Council jam. too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and Paul Weller. What's Mm-hmm. Excellent. His, his album is Fat Pop, volume another volume one. So maybe you know series. Who knows? I'm gonna look for that one. I was a Style Council fan. Well, Paul Weller's solo stuff is great. Album called Wildwood that I love. Okay. Yeah. So check out Paul Weller. Check out yeah. the Jam. That's '80s band. Got a newer artist here that I started getting into. Saint Vincent. Mm-hmm. Her album's Daddy's Home. And these all come out May 14th. And the Black Keys, uh, Delta Cream with a K. We got Gary Newman. He's, uh, he's probably on his 60th album with Intruder. He had the song uh, In Cars. Yeah. I, I didn't know he was still, I was still doing it. Yeah. He's still doing it and, he, and his hair looks brand new on his head. <laughs> Because it probably <laughs> do you know that um do you know that I don't know what year it was I suppose it was around 1980 or whatever um that uh, Gary Newman album in uh, Cars uh, the first one that I listened to with my new headphones my new mm-hmm. big headphones remember when the big headphones were yeah. popular everybody oh, was yeah. wearing them just a few years ago yeah just a few mm-hmm. years ago everybody's going with the big ones. Uh, I don't know. Was it uh, maybe it was five, eight years ago? Anyway, yeah, it was uh, it was spectacular with headphones. Probably um, Justin Bieber wore them and then everybody had to have them or something like that. 
Yeah. yeah. Somebody started the trend for sure. Yeah. yeah. Bringing that back. I, I never thought it would come back. So, so what else the, you got there, Jim? So someone who keeps coming back, speaking of, is Mickey Dolan's. Um, he, <laughs> he, he's, he loves you. He's got Mickey a new Dolan's album. loves you. Now, this is an interesting one <laughs> because Mickey Dolan's, mm-hmm. and this is another music uh, thing, is they just announced uh, the Monkeys Farewell Tour. Mm-hmm. So it's only two monkeys that are alive, unfortunately, and that's Mickey Dolan's mm-hmm. and Mike Nesmith. Mm-hmm. So Dolan's new album is Mickey Dolan Sings Nesmith. So I know Michael Nesmith had a lot of solo stuff. So is right. Michael, my question is, yeah. Michael Nesmith going to come out with an album? Michael Nesmith Sings yeah. Dolan's, you know? Yeah, Michael Nesmith Sings Dolan's, yeah. Yeah. It might not as sell. It might not sell as big as the next one. I mean, the, the previous one. But. I'm only going to mention the next artist because she's on SNL coming up. Or probably when you listen to this, oh, okay. she probably would have been on there. But her name is Olivia Rodrigo, and she has an album called Sour. So obviously, she's promoting that album. And our listeners are going to know her much better than I do. I have not heard her before. Yeah. Now the next one you might know about. And if you don't, I know you're going to listen to it and you're going to want to listen to it. It's 21 Pilots have a new album. Yeah. Uh, cool. Called Scaled and Icy. And the and is with two A's <laughs> for some reason. Scaled and Icy. All yes. right. So we have a couple more. We have May 28th, uh, Moby, who we haven't heard from in a mm-hmm. long time. You know, Electronic, his album is called Reprise, mm-hmm. I guess. This one I'm excited about because I haven't heard of them in a long time and I always like them. And this is uh, June 4th uh, album release, Crowded House with Dreamers Are Waiting. And then we got another one from the past, Liz Fair with Soberish. Yes. And Liz, <laughs> I know, is, is touring or she's going to be touring. So she's, she's been busy. So that does mm-hmm. it for new album releases. We have something new and interesting. Someone who we interviewed last year, his name is Claude S. from Anything Box. And they were a band in the like late 80s, nine, more early 90s. Mm-hmm. So Claude has put out a new EP, but it's not really new. It's songs that I think might not have been on an album uh, or on albums, mm-hmm. or maybe they were back then B-sides, stuff that might not have been heard and remix there's a couple the one song is that i want to talk about is called death stars i think it was uh released on what is known as star wars day because <laughs> death star yes, but i did has, hear about it at, at work yeah. uh-huh. but it has nothing to do with star wars yeah. so anyway um, but you gotta say you gotta say why it's why it's star wars day it's star it's wars may day 4th. may 4th yeah may the 4th may the 4th may the be with you 4th yeah. yeah, I gotta say it with a left with metaphors yeah. be with you. Yeah, May 4th. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people who have serious radio, I'm sure they know who Richard Blade is. He's a English um radio host. And mm-hmm. he has a show called New Sensations. And he he's on the New Wave channel. So he only talks about 80s music, but I guess also artists from the 80s that release new you know, new recordings. Anything Box was featured on his show, New Sensations, uh, the song Death Stars. 
uh, I'm still in contact with Claude and mm-hmm. he messaged me back and I'm going to tell you what he says about this song, Death Stars. And here we go. It could be a one argument, that's W-O-N, that no one mm-hmm. could have anticipated the impact of the pandemic, not just the economic turndown, but also the effects it had upon us as human beings. Being in lockdown certainly was something I never personally expected. As with all things, there was a silver lining to the dark cloud that was 2020. For me, it was the quarantine streams. And that, that was, uh, this isn't Claude talking, but that, that was where Claude mm-hmm. would go, you know, live uh, every mm-hmm. week and play music and talk about the, uh, the songs and anything box. Uh, so for me, it was the quarantine streams and the opportunity to rethink how and why I do things. Reset indeed. It was during the second lockdown that I decided to do this 12-inch vinyl of Death Stars with Jersey Wave Records. This was by no means an easy choice. Normally, I'm not fond of vinyl and have been quite outspoken about it in the past. So why do this? Well, for starters, to fulfill a friend's dream of having a label and for another to showcase a song or three that I felt had been lost to the grand ether of the internet. As for the song itself, it was written during a time where death started showing up at my door. First grandparents, then parents, friends, and I would ask myself, who will we remember? And the song was born to celebrate all those stars, the people we loved. I based the art around Audrey Hepburn and Maria the Robot to further explore my feelings on this subject. Rather dark, huh? But in the end, what I discovered is that now matters right now. So it's very profound from Claude. Very profound. So before we go, um, actually, one last thing here is that this uh, EP is available on Bandcamp. Uh, You can get the digital Mm -hmm. copy for nine dollars. There is a limited edition 12 inch EP on vinyl. It's 10 songs and there's different versions of the same song. So it's not 10 different songs and it's on white splatter vinyl, which I love the color mm-hmm. vinyl and it's available June 15th, 2021. And Claude has given us permission to play uh, some of this song. So I guess uh, right. we're going to wrap this up. All right. So let's, uh, let's end with hearing uh, Claude S listeners. Thanks for your time and uh, turn off the TV and turn up the music. Here's Dead Stars.
Intro and exit music by the band 99%. Today's show was produced and edited by Jim Thatcher. Jim and Mike Talk Music is recorded at, did you say, 7 Studios in Washington, New Jersey. You can find Jim and Mike Talk Music on Apple Music, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts.